Well, welcome. This is WNZN Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Very happy you tuned in today. Uh, actually, a beautiful spring day. And, um, you know, David, it just seems like the last couple of months we've had so many special wow. guests from literally around yes. the world. Yes. I mean, last week we had Raymond, and then we had... Uh, from South Africa, right? Who could have believed that? that Unbelievable! That, you know, yeah. And now another special guest today. Yes. So again, thank you for tuning in. This is WNZN Radio, eighty-nine point one FM on your dial. And if you're having any problem uh, getting us, if the if the sound isn't clear, a lot of people just live stream. They just go to their computer, their laptop, and just put in www.wnzn.org. That's wnzn.org. And um, again, very happy you tuned in today. And I'd like to introduce a really good friend and a brother in the Lord that I've known now, actually quite a few years, I would say, Gerard. Mm. Now, Gerard Long and his wife Jeannie, uh, born in <clears> London, <throat> uh, raised in England. So please give our greetings to Her Majesty coming yeah, up on yeah, her yeah, yeah, celebration of her 97th that. birthday, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is incredible. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Gerard is an incredible <clears throat> background and resume, business leader, pastor, founder of Awakening to God Ministries, and former national director of Alpha USA, which is an incredible way to reach yes. out to people uh, through answering questions in a uh, very relaxed setting actually over meals, and then um, involved in the financial world for many years, uh, actually was a uh, sports star in track while he was uh, a student in England. He's going to fill you in a lot of these details, but now he's involved in this very interesting, dynamic uh, prayer ministry that he's going to tell us about called uh, uh, prayer, prayer from the Heart. It's national. They've invited him and his wife to come in from England. He's actually going to be here in Cleveland. That's going to be their base. But it's already reaching out to the nation, and he's going to fill you in on that. So, David, it's good to have you, David. My yeah, great to be here, John. One more Great time. to be here with Gerard. Exactly. Yeah. So, Gerard, welcome. Uh, just uh, share your heart. We're just happy you took <clears> this time. <throat> I know you're very busy, but we wanted our listeners to hear you. And then, of course, if anybody misses the show, they can go to John chapter John. <laughs> 1421.org, and they're all archived. You can pull the show off. That's yeah. uh, John 1421 was the actual verse yeah. that when I first got saved back in 1975, the Lord gave it. I mean, I'm, I, I mean, I really felt impressed of the Lord mm -hmm. because it's, Jesus says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me will be loved of my Father, and I will love him. And then he says, I will manifest myself to that person. So I was a new believer, and I figured, well, I got the Bible. I, I got the. I'm going to try to keep His commands as best I can. But indeed, God has manifested Himself in so many different ways. Yeah, so that's man. why this is the name of. Uh, yeah. know, my kids got me that site. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, that's so good. Gerard, without further ado, welcome uh, to our audience: uh, Cleveland, Northeast Ohio, Lorraine. We go as far west as Toledo. And out yeah. yonder, yeah. but much further, of course, with the uh, live streaming. So, Gerard, uh, welcome. And if you would, Gerard, maybe just share wherever you want to start about your life, how you got involved in ministry, business, e everything and anything you want to share, please. Just let the Holy Spirit guide you and lead you. Sure. Well, John, thank you. And David, it's great, great to be yes. with you. It's a thank you. privilege and an honor yeah. to be able to share a little bit of what God has done in my life. And when you, when you boil it down, it's all Him. Mm. It's all him. I, you know, I've come to the conclusion that there's actually two things really you can say to God. One is thank you, <laughs> yeah. and the other one is yes. Yeah, <laughs> you can say no to God, but it's not not recommended. 
Uh, Jonah tried that. He ended up oh, in yeah. the belly of a fish. So best to say yes if God's, God's calling in a certain way. Right. So a little, a little bit of my story. Jump in at any time for any questions or whatever. I brought up in the UK. My my parents were very strong Christians. Actually, my ancestors go all the way back to the Huguenots. Were a group of Christians who were persecuted in in France way back in the 1500s and 1600s, and they had to flee because they were wow. all being slaughtered. So it goes back a long way. Very grateful. The wonderful Christian home. Came to faith in Jesus as a young boy. Actually, mm. with my sister. Very simple, beside the, by her bed, saying, Jesus, forgive me of the wrong things I've done. I was aware, even at that young age. Of, How old were you? Probably four or five. Oh, I don't no. remember exactly, but wow. I remember the occasion. I do remember the occasion. Asking Jesus to forgive my sins, come into my heart, be my good shepherd, and lead me on through life. And then I went to all the, the things that Christians <clears throat> do in, in, a, in a home, going to church regularly, Bible study, Christian um, groups, camps, all of those good mm -hmm. things. But you know what? In my mid-teens, I came to realize that although I'd received Jesus as my Savior, He wasn't my Lord. And I, I had to use the analogy of a house that I'd invited Jesus in the front door. And he was in the hallway, so to speak, and I was quite happy with Him being there. Oh, you know, okay. I would see Him on a Sunday or maybe on, on Bible study time or whatever. The rest of the week and the areas of my life, it was like the door was shut. Mm -hmm my pleasure, the things I wanted to do. I was into sport, being being uh, popular, mm. and, and not only wrong being popular, but you know, pursuing things that was all about me. Later on it became running, athletics, all of those things, money, um, promiscuous living, all of that. I wanted to live my life. Mm -hmm. And another analogy would be of a, of a car. I had the steering wheel of the, of the car. Mm -hmm. I knew Jesus was real. I didn't have an issue with that. My problem was him being Lord of my life. <laughs> I wanted to be Lord of my mm -hmm. life. So I said, if you don't mind sitting in the back, I'll take control, as it were. <laughs> so I, I, I didn't want to be a hypocrite to my friend. I, I knew I was, I was saying one thing and living another, and I was confusing them by what I was saying in RE classes in school. So I went headlong into the world, living for myself, uh, got into track. I was a serious track runner um, and just living what young young guys do, sure. all selfie. Anyway, I came to a point, thankfully God didn't leave me in that, in that place, uh, totally self-centered, very proud. And through a number of circumstances, I won't go into all the details, but I came to a clear decision where I realized that God was saying to me, look, I've got a plan for your life made out of perfect love. Now, I... I thought I had a good plan, but I couldn't yeah. compete with the creator of the universe. No. I mean, you, how do you compete with him? His plan has to be better. So I surrendered all. <clears throat> we call it uh, repentance. I turned around and I said, okay, God, from here on in, I want to go your way. How old were you then, Gerard? Twenty. I was 22 years old. 22. Yeah. After university. Well, it was my last year at university. Okay. Yeah. I was off campus. There was no one else around. I was just in this room. God spoke to me. I responded, yes. And when I did that, it was like the room filled with love. Mm, wow. It was God's presence came into that room and I started to weep like a baby. I mean, I was it was so powerful. This liquid love poured into my heart. I was captain of the track team. One of the lads hadn't cried for seven or eight years. Right. You know. But here I was <clears throat> being just overwhelmed with this love poured into my heart. And, and several things happened from that. One, I fell head over heels in love with Jesus Christ. Now, your listeners might be thinking, oh, how do you love someone you can't see? Well, yeah, right. it's, it, you know, we see with, with our natural eyes, but there's a whole other world, a spiritual world out mm -hmm. there. And, and God had done something in my heart. Bible says that 
I'll, I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. Take away your heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And that's what he did in that moment of repentance. And I just wanted to love Jesus and do his will. And I just was passionate for him. Couldn't put the Bible down because I was finding out more about Jesus all the time. I wanted to tell all my friends about it. The things that had gripped me before, particularly my running, I ate it, slept it, drank it, became like a god to me. Oh. That thing. It was, I was so sort of... And I remember thinking once before, how do I get free of this thing? It's so, it so had me, so to speak. But it could be addiction to anything. You know, I could have been addicted to drugs or yeah. alcohol, whatever. Yeah. When God fills you, those things are released. You're mm-hmm. released. You're mm-hmm. set free. He comes to set us yeah. free. So I was free of those things. I could take it or leave it. My business, take it or leave it. My beautiful girlfriend... Okay, if you don't want us to be together, God, that's all right, you know. So, um, and I stopped swearing overnight as well, which has got interesting. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's often a sign. That's yeah. a good when thing. people come because yes. they sense yeah. the holiness of God. Yeah, yeah. a little like Isaiah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's an interesting point. I didn't though. even yeah. think about it. I didn't think. Oh, now, now I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm following Jesus. I oughtn't to swear. It just stopped. Yeah. I don't know. Just yeah. like that. I was cleansed from within. Yeah. So from that set set me on a course. Um, just wanting to do God's will. My, the beautiful girl I'd met, God did want us to be together. She was a ballerina. She went, went to the Royal Ballet School. She came to faith in Christ. We ended up getting married, and we've been married for 41 years now. So, uh, uh, was it? Yeah, 41 years. So, it, it was one who went, went to, to London. We were serving in London. I, I was pastoring with some other guys in the church. It, mm-hmm. was, a, it was a co-pastoring. There were two other guys doing, which is great. And then I was co-laboring. That talks in the Bible about tent making. The Apostle Paul was a mm-hmm. tent maker, and my vocation, my business vocation, was banking, and so, so I earned money doing that. When you're when you're following Jesus, you are a ministry wherever you are, mm-hmm. whether you're in your work, whether you're at home with the family, whatever, in the neighbourhood, in the workplace, or you get called to serve in a church. Doesn't matter. It's all the same. We're here. To let people know about Jesus and to share that. So I saw that in Bang. We, we had a little mini revival actually there in the early 90s. And uh, a friend of mine just started to pray together. We, we, we just said, okay, Lord, what do you want us to be? We're, we know we're your church here. We're your people here. Mm-hmm. And you want us to influence where we are. What do we do? Prayer is, mm-hmm. the, is the thing. We should, we should all be able to pray. So we, I just got together with a friend of mine. Said, let's, why don't we get in a half an hour early? It's very easy. Everyone can do this. Find a conference room, and we started praying. And what did we pray? Essentially, it was let your kingdom come, let your will be done here in this bank. It was HSBC. It was a big international bank. Oh yeah. In this bank, as it is in heaven. And as we did that, God started to open the doors, and we started finding people who who knew Jesus, and and they joined us. In the end, we ended up having six different prayer meetings across the city. Other banks were getting involved. People were coming to faith in Christ. Executives were getting involved. We started running Alpha later on in the boardroom in, in, in the insurance place there. Huge. It was just it just amazing. So that was, that was they did that. And, uh, you know, the more I focused on doing God's will, uh, this, my verse as I went into banking was with Matthew 6.33. Gina and I said, let's, let's stand on this because corporate world can be a bit of a rat race. Mm-hmm. Everyone's scrambling to get on. You're backbiting and all of that. Oh, horrible, horrible stuff. And we didn't want to play that game. Mm-hmm. We wanted just to put God first. And so we said, Matthew 6, seek first, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will follow. Oh, that's mm-hmm. great. And the more I look to see his kingdom come, first priority. I wanted, obviously, I work really hard. I, my folk, I want to do a really excellent job. The more I put 
make sure I put God first, the more I got promoted. Ah, favorite. Yeah, mm -hmm. without even trying. I kept on getting these promotions and it was going up and up and up. And in the end, I was put in charge of this huge, huge program for the for UK and Europe, for HSBC, which is probably the biggest bank in the world at the time, for the Millennium Bank. And I ended up suddenly being put on the, on the platforms. Now, the interesting thing is that God does speak to us along the way from mm -hmm. different forms. We had someone come to our church, um, or sorry, a, a lady in the church in this instance, and she came up to Ginny and I after one service and said, you know, God's given me this, this vision of you, and you're on a, you're on a stage, and all these, all these lights are on you. You're in the spotlight. Well, we didn't know what that meant at the yeah, time. Right. No one knew about right. us at all. We were nobodies. Suddenly I was thrust into this huge, great role, ended up going to 10 Downing Street, Sharing a platform with Tony Blair, would you believe? Wow. Because <laughs> he came out and wanted to tell everyone about it. On TV, primetime TV. And he's the, the prime minister. He's the prime time. minister yeah. at the time. Front pages of the newspapers, even got onto the, the front page of the USA Today in America <laughs> as wow. a sort of guru on Y2K, on the Millennium Bug. So that's all God, isn't it? That's God. Yes. He, he gave me this huge, huge yeah. um, platform, you know. So anyway, we, we were serving God there, and then God moved us very clearly to America. We went to New York uh, on, a, on assignment there, and then on to Chicago on another assignment. We did the integration between HSBC and, and Household International, 13.8 billion, and they, they asked me to do the integration. So it was a big role. And I remember saying to Jeannie at that time, 2004, does it get any better than this? Mm. We were at the top of the mountain. And you know, if you're following Jesus, um, that you have seasons when everything's sure. great. We go, we go through seasons. God gives us seasons, doesn't he? We, we understand that from what we see outside in the seasons. You know, the, the summer and the autumn, the winter and the spring, you go through these seasons. So we were, we were on a, definitely a summer season. It was fantastic. I said, you know, we, we, we love the Lord Jesus with all our hearts. We had a great marriage, three wonderful children who, who all knew the Lord, great athletes, great, very talented, in a great church, Seeing people come to faith in Christ in our front room, we were doing Alpha in our front front room. I was earning a ridiculous amount of money as an expat international banker. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but I could take it or leave it, really. But, but I was. Yeah. Does it get any better than this? Uh. However, I, I, what I will say for those who, who are thinking, well, I'm not in that place now, or maybe you are in that place, the promise actually Jesus gives us in John 16, 33 is, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. And shortly after I said that to Jeannie, I felt God, God said to me, Gerald, you're going to go through a season. He, he forewarned me. We see that in Scripture. God, God does forewarn us of what's going to happen. Hmm. He, I've told you these things that you know when it happens. Mm -hmm. And so I said to Jeannie, look, God said, we're going to go through this brokenness, but through it I'll glorify my name. I didn't know what it meant. But you know what? Shortly after that, yeah. from two thousand and five, mm. everything started to go wrong. Mm. Whereas before, everything was everything I touched seemed to be gold. I'm in with the executives and everything else, now everything started to go wrong. Went from you know all through the year, and we got to the bottom of the valley when uh, on the eighth of November, our youngest son Alex, who uh, was just seventeen years old, and he'd he'd been trying to help a boy at school. He always wanted to help the sort of downcast, mm -hmm. and he came alongside him to befriend him. Ended up making a bad decision, and he he, he took some marijuana mm -hmm. with this guy. Now I don't know if you know uh, that, that there are there's a very small percentage of people who get very messed up, oh, even yeah. with, even with marijuana. Sure. The FDA don't don't announce that, but it's hmm. true. Well, you look online, you can find reports online. Alex became delusional 
and very confused and paranoid. And on the 8th of November two, 2005, he, he went out of the house and, and he hung himself, mm. committed wow, suicide. Man. Sorry to hear so that. sorry to hear that. And uh, our, our world just, it just fell apart. Mm. And we were, we were thrust into this darkness and it was so, so, so painful. And my precious genie, we had 24 mar- years of marriage at that stage, it's so in love. And she went from shock to horror to, to anger to hatred because the horrible thing was suicide. It's not just the grieving for the loved one, especially for a child, but it's the blame and the shame. Yes. Why didn't you see this coming? Mm-hmm. Why, why didn't you do something about right. it? Yeah. And of course, we know that we have a we have a, a, a an adversary, mm-hmm. the accuser of the brethren, That's and so he was all over Jeannie. God told me don't go down there. He made as much as Jeannie ran away from God, I ran to God. Mm. So I used to get up in the middle of the night and I used to go down to my study and I used to weep until I had no more tears to cry. God, I was so broken. Everything had gone gone dark on us. Um, not only just, you know, just grieving Alex, but my marriage was hanging by a thread. She wanted she wanted to leave me. They say that up to 19 out of 20 marriages fail after the suicide Boy. of a child. Wow. So I just used to cry with, with God, and just really it was a, my, my prayer was help. You know? And if people are listening in, and maybe you feel, I, just before I came out today, I, just, I was on the, on speaking to someone on the, on the phone, his marriage is just breaking up, and I was able to encourage him from what we've been through, um, that God can take him through. And the, yesterday, <coughs> you were on the phone yeah. with a father who went through a, yeah. you know. Yeah, <coughs> yes, I was, whose, whose son's just committed suicide. Yeah. So in a sense... You've been comforted by the God of all comfort that you now can comfort yes, others. That's right. That scripture very that's right. because yeah. I see you actively doing that, Gerard. Yeah, that's I mean, it. It's a, yeah, that was our, part of our founding scriptures for our ministry. Okay, two Corinthians chapter one, chapter three one. and four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, with the comfort you've been comforted, you can comfort others in, in their trouble. And so, um, God, God, in that time, I, I, I can say because the scripture says again and again, He's near to the brokenhearted. And maybe you're, if you're listening in, you're, you feel brokenhearted. You're struggling in different ways. Things are not working out. You know, it seems so dark. I want to tell you that God's there for you. And the scripture that I clung to at that time, well, there were several actually, but one of them was Hebrews 4, verse 16. We go boldly to the throne of grace to find mercy and find grace to help in time of, of need. Now, when you're really broken, you don't feel like praying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you just empty, you yeah. don't just feel like praying. And so that's why I think it says go boldly. Mm-hmm. Put yourself in that place, and it's okay to offload on God. It's okay to say, God, I, you ought to look at the, psalm, the Psalms, and David often did. Sure. Where are you, God? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And I did have, I had a very small season of saying, why, God, why? why? And that's what was, Jeannie was struggling with. That's, she lost her faith in the end. Mm. For two years, she lost her faith. She couldn't reconcile how a loving God could have allowed this to happen. We'd served him for 24 years with everything we had. Yes. And now this had happened. And, you know, when you step back, actually, you, you realize that in Scripture, it talks about our faith. God wants us to grow in our faith. Mm-hmm. Yes. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we don't. Our faith doesn't grow when the birds are singing and the sun's out and the sky's all blue. Right. Actually, our faith goes deep when things don't go to plan mm-hmm. when things don't work out as we hoped then we have a decision are you gonna god's saying are you gonna trust me right are you gonna believe that i'm here with you even mm-hmm. in this because he said he, hebrews 13 uh, verse 6 I'll, I'll verse 5 i'll never leave you or forsake you that's something i want to say to your listeners today if you're in the place of darkness and struggle 
God has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Something to hang on to. And something to know that my grace, he says, my grace is sufficient for you. What is grace? What is grace? It's a big question. Yes. And I believe that grace actually is the life of Jesus. It's, the, it's Jesus hmm. made real to us by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's John 16, verse, yeah. verse 14. What happens is that Jesus, who came to this earth, to this brokenness, and walked on this earth so that he can experience, yeah. I mean, ultimately he came to die for us, take, be a substitute, die, take our place. But also... Before that, he walked the walk that we go through. He knows exactly the pain that we under, the, the, the pressure, the attacks from Satan, the attacks from humans, all of those things, he knows it. So that he can have empathy. And that's why it says in Hebrews, Hebrews uh, uh, 5, we don't have a high priest who's not able to empathize mm-hmm. with us. Empathy is different to compassion. We should all have compassion. Empathy is where you've been through the things that other people are going through. And you can honestly say, I know what you're going through. That's an Great. important point. Boy. You might want to repeat that. There's yeah. a lot of people that, compassion and empathy, that's yeah. a good point. Too. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'll say it again. So compassion, we should all, when someone's suffering, we should all feel a le- level of pain mm-hmm. for that and feel their pain. That's just the love of God <clears> in our hearts. But I would say to you, empathy is a gift. If you've been through something, maybe it's quite unique, I would say that you've been given a, a gift of empathy. What do I mean by that? I mean that you're able now to come alongside other people mm-hmm. and help them in a way that no one else can. Mm. I've had people say to me, I've been a psychiatrist and all of these people, you're the only one who really understands. Yes. And that's what God has come, that yeah. Jesus came to come alongside us, to, to mm-hmm. welcome us into his arms and take us to the Father. Right. That's his love, isn't it? That God so loved, mm-hmm. he reached out. I was just, yesterday, Gene and I were just talking about Ephesians 2, 4, and 5. God so loved us. He so loves, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's rich in mercy. Mm-hmm. It made us alive in Christ Jesus, even when we were dead yeah. in our transgressions. It's because of God's great love. Mm-hmm. So, so that was, we realized, we came to realize, or I came to realize that, that God was doing something deep in me through this brokenness. And, and in that time, he gave me th- three epiphanies. Now, epiphanies, when you see some at another level. We, 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 you know, you see things and then you see it at another level uh-huh, and right. it goes deeper and deeper. Mm-hmm. And through eternity, we'll get to know God and we'll see more and more of his glory. And we all through eternity, we'll never get to the end of his glory. We'll just see more and more of his wonder and his beauty. Three epiphanies. Number one was grace. Grace, saving grace, we all understand. Mm-hmm. That's what Jesus did for a cross. Mm-hmm. He came to rescue us for eternity right. by being our substitute taking the sins on himself. That's why he's fully man and fully God. So that he could take the punishment. God's just. He couldn't punish him when he didn't deserve to be punished. He deserved to be punished when he had his sins on us, mm-hmm. on Jesus. So he took our sins, took our punishment, died with those things, and then rose again so that our trust and belief is in Jesus Christ. It means we can be forgiven of our sins and come into relationship with God for eternity. <clears throat> so... Um... You know, based on what you just said, I think, you know, a lot of new believers that I have talked to uh, said the big thing that they struggled with is, you know, what Jeannie was struggling with yes. when you lost your son. Yes. Very angry at God. Yes. Yes. And, and what, you know, John kind of fed into me is the fact that Jesus didn't sit on the sidelines. Yeah. He came in yeah. uh, to to get beaten yeah. Crucified. Yes. And and go through a death, leaving you know um, eternal life and perfection to yes. come down to do that yes. for us. So yes. And you know, 
how do you answer that if, you know, when somebody does come to you and says, you know, I'm angry at God. God did this. He's yes. in control of everything. Or yes. he allowed it. Yeah, he allowed it. Yes. How, how do you answer that? <laughs> well, um, first of all, again, on the, on the level of empathy, yeah. I understand. Yeah. I saw my wife go through what she mm -hmm. went through yeah. and she went into darkness. I know that, that what I was feeling in my brokenness, mm -hmm. and I say I had that small window, and I said, why, God? Why? Yeah. So first of all, I can understand that. Um, secondly, I would say God understands it as well. Yeah. And so he wants us to come to him with mm -hmm. all of our questions and with our anger. Yeah. I mean, look through the Psalms. Mm -hmm. A third, at least, of the Psalms are laments. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to go to God and, mm -hmm. and talk it out or chat yeah. it out with God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. What we see in the Psalms, though, is that the David, for example, was one of the ones. He went through rough times. You know, God, where are oh, you? Yeah. You know, why, why have you allowed all this to happen? You know, what's going on? But he would come back and say, I, you know, I trust you. And so that's the point to be able to have a conversation with God and, and not, not turn off. Jeannie would say that now, you know, that she, when she got into such blackness by turning away and losing her faith. Mm -hmm. Where do you go? Where do you go then? You've got absolutely nothing. No hope at all. Right? Yes, Humans right. haven't got any hope. Yeah. So if you turn away from God, there is no hope. Mm -hmm. it, so yeah. so I, I would say to them, yeah. go to God, that's the throne of grace, and and keep yeah. sharing with him, talking with him, asking for his help. The, the, the greatest prayer really is help. You know, God wants us to yeah. be, he yeah. wants us to invite him in yeah. to, the, to the intimate places of our hearts. And that's the places of brokenness. He wants to invite us in. He wants us to know that he knows us yes. in our brokenness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that's the deepest relationship. That's right. the real bonding that goes on. That I know that you know me and you know what I went through. Mm -hmm. He knows what I went through and no one else does. And so yeah. that's an intimacy there. So talk, And then God's there to help. He, you know, that's what grace, I'm talking about grace. Grace yeah. is he comes to. So the two times, for example, and I knew God wanted to keep loving Jeannie. If you're in a place of brokenness in your marriage, keep going to God. Let, let yourself be a, a source of love for your spouse. Yeah. Because in love is darkness. Sorry, in love is light, and light drives out darkness. Mm. And the thing is, what happens in marriages is that they let darkness in and they get, oh, yeah. um, they get you know, bitter, unbelief, all of those things. Becomes a vortex Both fast. of them are in darkness. <laughs> Both of them, that's what yeah. happens. Yeah. So, so Sometimes so you, like, you just need yeah. one of them to say, do you know what? I want to go to that's God. It, yeah. And what happens then? You bring light into, your, that, that's into great. the darkness. Yeah. And I saw that happen in Genie over two years or so. Light started to shine. Mm. I'm talking how, about how spiritual you, light. How did you break through to her when she was so cut off? Well, I, I couldn't change her thinking. Right. She didn't want anything to do with me. But I could try and love her. So I used to leave little notes around the house and oh, where nice. her keys are and where, you know, where mm -hmm. she would find them. She, she would rip them up and, you know, I'd bring her flowers and throw them out. I don't want any flowers here. You know, she was in real darkness. Mm. But the thing is, I kept on loving and, and not allow my heart to get bitter. That's, a, that's a Hebrew, uh, sorry, in, in Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart because out of it flows the wellspring of life. We have to watch the, the weeds don't grow, that we don't get bitter, we yeah. don't get angry. Amen we don't, to that. We don't yeah. want to get a bit revengeful and all of those things. And that, that takes brokenness. And that's, you, you can only keep doing that by, if you're getting a source of love that keeps on flowing in. Sure. Romans 5 verse 5 says the Holy, that, God, that God's love is poured into our, our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We have, a, we have access through Jesus mm -hmm. to a never-ending <laughs> source of love. We have to remember that. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah. A never-ending source of joy, a never-ending yeah. source of peace. I mean, isn't right. that incredible? Yes. Yeah. And we can go to that throne of grace and say, God, and I used to go, God, I need more. 
So the two times I said, I can't keep doing this. I'm too broken. That was it. I, I, you know, that's it. But I said, God, if you want me to, I, I, you've got to give me more love. And, and I was more weeping. I wake up in the morning. Guess what? I had more love for Jeannie going on. Amazing. Wow. So, so that's, that's his grace. So God will give us whatever we need. Finances, strength, peace, joy. Whatever you need to go on, journey on through life. We have that in Jesus, and that's at the throne of grace. And uh, with separation from God, you know, listening to you talk about Jeannie and the way yeah. you were handling the yeah. passing of your son. Yes. Well, you know, we had a show with Dr. Sang, who's a Christian psychologist, and he said every addiction that he has seen is attributed to the separation from God. Yeah. So then yeah. you get, do you, you probably would believe that. Is that your conviction too? Yeah. From what you've yeah. said? Yeah, well, because, yeah. because we were... We were created to be in relationship with our creator yeah. and unless he's in that central point in the in the void if you like in our inner being yeah. in our soul we will feel empty yeah and we'll feel lost and what do people do they try and fill that with other things yes it could be it could be money it could be business yeah. it could be sexual it could be drugs all yeah. of those things what because inside you, you you feel that you need something to fill you sure yeah you're empty. Yeah. Only we're only creative for God, not for those other things. Mm-hmm. So when you push that out, that's why we have disorder in the universe. It's not just in individuals. The whole universe is in disorder. Out of alignment with yeah. God's will. Yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. and it's slowly going downhill. Yeah. Because God is not in his rightful place. When Jesus comes into the rightful place in someone's heart, guess what? He starts to turn it around. And that person starts to come into order, more and more love mm-hmm. and more and more joy. Yeah. And then they can help other people. Yeah. Amen. To so that. so yeah. you know, this is how God works. So anyway, back to the story. So um, it was very painful. Uh, that went on for several years. Shortly after Alex, my, my sister died of, of cancer. A few years after that, my brother died of cancer. So those were your two siblings? Yeah. You're only two? No, I had, I had one more. Okay. One more. And then uh, a nephew died. Jeannie's nephew had a car accident. And then the unbelievable happened. Eight years after Alex, our beautiful daughter, Rebecca, uh, she'd come to join me. In this time, I'd been asked to, to lead Alpha USA, which is all, all about rescuing people. Tell about Alpha real quick for our yeah, audience. Okay. Yeah, so, so Alpha is an is a on-ramp into the kingdom of God, if you like. It's a, it's a wonderful way to learn about Jesus and his teaching. It's not, it's not uh, threatening. Uh, there's no embarrassment. You are come as you are. And over a meal, you mentioned that earlier on, build relationship, build friendships. You get, a, you get a tear of talk and then you have questions, chance to ask questions, hard as you want. Whatever, they encourage questions mm. on Alpha. Many, many people come to faith in Jesus or their faith is renewed, is restored mm-hmm. yes. in going there. Because you start to see things and part of the big message today really is that most people are looking through just a natural lens on life. They're just seeing things with your natural eyes. But there is a whole other world out there, a spiritual world out there that when you look through the eyes of faith, you start to see things differently. And when you look through that lens of faith and through Scripture, what Scripture teaches, you can start to see things that God's doing, mm-hmm. and you see a much bigger story. So my a second epiphany I got was of eternity. And I saw eternity mm-hmm. in a, in a wow. very, very clear way, understanding what Scripture says, that this life is just a breath. It's a, it's a blink of an eye relative to what's to come. So when you see eternity, it flips everything. What do you mean, Gerard, you saw eternity? Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So I, I came to a, a clear understanding of what the Scripture teaches about here we are today mm-hmm. in this natural world on earth. Yes, yes. 
and then there's heaven. Um, and that the Bible describes that we have this age, mm-hmm. the age of grace. This is decision time. But this age is going to come to an end. When Jesus comes back, what we have today will come to an end. Decision time will be over. And that's where we, I believe Jesus is going to come and reign for a thousand years here on earth. And then we go on and heaven and earth will come together. And we'll be with Jesus for eternity. Mm-hmm. So when this age is over, then we go into real eternity. This is... C.S. Lewis had a great way of describing it. He said it's the cover page of a never-ending story. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> so think about that. So this is just decision time. This is preparation for what's to come. God's preparing us for what's to come. That's why Jesus said, build up for yourselves treasure in heaven. And in Colossians, the apostle Paul, Colossians 3, set your hearts on things above, where Jesus is seated at the right hand. Mm-hmm. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Your, your, your citizenship is in heaven. Yes. Live your lives as aliens and strangers here. I guess it would be, I, I guess it's not a very good analogy, but it's an analogy. So if all of us were, were going to astronauts, going to the moon on a mission, all right? And then John suddenly said, hey, would it be great? Why don't we build a house here? Mm. We'll just, just settle here. And, and Dave will be thinking, don't be ludicrous. We've got to get home. We've got to go home. This is what, there's no comparison, is it? That's how big it is when we start mm. living for the things down here. Yes. There's su- such a bigger world mm-hmm. to ask us to enter into. Yes. That's, the, yeah. that's the kingdom of God, yeah. which will go on forever. Yeah. And yeah. we can start to enjoy that kingdom and the things of that kingdom now. Love, joy, peace, patience. <clears throat> all of those things are the things of the kingdom of God. Yes. So we live for the things above. Yeah. So our decision making now is based on eternity, not on making a comfortable life here. Yeah. You know, David and I worked on a YouTube uh, teaching on what you just said, in a sense, with the metaphor of a cartoon page. Mm. And the little characters, if they had a little bit of intelligence, they don't know what's coming in the next block. Yes. They just know, you know, they're on this mm-hmm. two-page, two-dimensional thing. Yes. But the artist is outside. He sees the beginning and the end. Yes. And Jesus' whole purpose coming, yes. writing himself into the cartoon page, was that one day he can lift us off the page. Yes. And we ask people at the end, how many want to be in the creator's studio with him? Yes. And that's why Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. That's it. That where I am, you might be also. Yeah, that is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That is great. And, yeah. you know, and the other thing, too, is I always thought heaven was on earth before I became a Christian. Right. Jen right. and I say that a lot. Yeah. And, and that's what you see. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. for a lot of the non-believers, and even I hate to say this, but even early Christian believers, it's hard to to really get in that mindset that you know we're vapor here. Yeah, it's life is a vapor. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, absolutely. And you know what's next is really what's important. I'm here now yeah. because uh, I was in a similar situation like you were with financial services. I was a partner in a hedge fund in New York. Yeah. And then in 2008, when the world collapsed, yeah. my world collapsed. Yeah. And yeah. out of the grace of God, I was led to John. Yes. Um, and I've never looked back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, it was the the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. That crash. Yeah. Because otherwise I just would have been, you know, focused on what's in front of me. Yes. And not focused on really what's important. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I think that's what you bring, Gerard, like yeah. David said, is that eternal perspective. Yes. Because our natural default is to stay mm-hmm. in the temporal. Yeah. I'm yeah. talking even believe yes. and now it goes yes. to the exaggerated sense of a prosperity yes. gospel. But yes. It's crazy. But <clears throat> to realize, yeah, you know, this temporal is temporal and the world yeah. is in topsy-turvy yeah. now. But if you see mm-hmm. this puff of smoke, as it says in James, is vapor. We yeah. can't, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm 73. <laughs> I go watch my grandsons playing baseball and I think to myself, 
It didn't seem like that long ago. <laughs> no, 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 I was out fun. there playing baseball. It goes yes. fast. They say that inside every eighty-year-old. There's an eight-year-old. There's, yeah. a, there's a, a, an eight-year-old that says, "Hey, what just happened?" Yeah. <laughs> no Am kidding. I right? That's right. It, it is. It is. It is. going. But so, you shift yeah. us and when you give your messages and your talks. You kind of shift us to the eternal. Yeah. And it causes us. It jams us a little and says, even as believers, I'm saying this. Like, yeah, you know, we gotta things that we this, see are not. Right. Eternal things that we don't yeah. see, heaven yeah, and right. angels that's and right. my soul. Well, yeah. you know, and that's just it. You know, yeah. the whole supernatural realm. Yeah. I mean, you know, even I, I, I was started with as a Roman Catholic like John. I was yeah. a server boy in the whole thing. And I thought, yeah, that that's neat to think about it. But I never really thought about yeah, yeah, the yeah. supernatural impacting my life every day. Yeah. And we're here in the battle whether we want to be or not. Yes. Th- there right. is no choice. Yeah. It, and, and this is what goes on. Yeah, yeah. So it is so important. You know, to have the hedge of protection, to have your faith, yeah. to have the word, That's right. so That's you right. can get through those challenging times, yeah. Yeah. and you can share with others how to do it too. That's right. That's to, right. to keep them focused, and then obviously you're doing a tremendous yeah. job on yeah. creating other disciples, which is really the, the key for what we're what Jesus told us to do What's when He sent it. Yeah. Yeah. I had a very yeah. wise Christian told me when I was a new believer. He says. Now that you become a believer, John, you should be somewhat obsessed with the person of mm. Jesus. Yes, that's should, it. You know, that's in it. psychology, yeah. Uh, yeah, to yeah. be obsessed with something yeah. is not, but to be yeah. obsessed, like yeah. Paul says, yes. I'm crucified with Christ, yes. nevertheless I live, but it's <clears throat> not me. But yeah. it's really paradoxical. But when your messaging coming to us, it's that obsession yeah. yes. with Jesus. That's he it. died for me. Yes. He rose for me. He's preparing a place for me. Yeah. He's coming back for me. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, this helps you. I remember yes. you shared this, Gerard. Maybe you can expand it. That you'll see your children again, and, and your right. time has collapsed That's for you. Right. That's it's right. Like yes. eternity's like yes. here, and it's tomorrow. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, so the, the, just some scriptures to help from what this little conversation we've had here. Second, Second Corinthians, four, sixteen to eighteen. Very, very powerful. I, I love Second Corinthians four because Paul talks about his suffering. Yes. You, you mm. won't find anybody in Scripture or history that God mm-hmm. used who didn't suffer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right at the center of our Christian faith is Jesus suffering, yes, but then yes, through it, yes. He saved the world. So if you're suffering today, don't think God's abandoned you. God's in it with you, mm-hmm. and He's working it for a good purpose. Yeah. You've got to find that purpose in Him. So it says, therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away. We all know that. Yeah. <laughs> Yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day, by, by grace, by the Holy Spirit. Therefore we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Mm. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are unseen yeah, amen to that. are eternal. Yeah. Fix your eyes. Yes. Fix. Because yes. why? We get distracted. Yes, yes. And do we not? Yes, we live right. in a distracted we world. We do, yeah. And, and everything's screaming at us. Come here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, feed your flesh. And that's the choice. Flesh, All spirit. Shiny little objects. Right. You know, uh, one yeah. of John's, we, we always call it uh, John Murtha's, uh, you know, one-liners. Yeah, and and yeah. hopefully we'll write right. a book one day on it. <laughs> yes. but, but John always, you know, John said to me when, when he was, he's still mentoring me. Uh, but he said, uh, you know, Dave, it's okay to have... A bird, you know, just let the bird fly over your head. You don't have to let it nest in your hair. Right. And it's the yes. same with our yes. thoughts. Yes. And and that's yeah. why Jesus says you have to control every thought. Yes. Because yes. That, that, that's where things go out of control yeah. Yeah. if you let it all hit you. And that's what yeah. the enemy loves. Yeah. Just keep shooting the arrows mm-hmm. at you. That's right. Until you lose your cool. Yeah. That's yeah. it. And then that's why it talks about in, in Romans 12, 1 and 2, uh, it, talk, it talks about... Um, 
be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah. Yeah, because we, 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 if maybe people have just come to faith now, but your mindset, the way you think is how you were before. Yeah. And that will lead you into trouble. Yes. That will lead you into yeah. to bad, bad thoughts and your, your depressive thoughts, oppressive, all of those things. What do you need to do? Well, the Bible tells us. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then yeah. you can test and approve God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect mm -hmm. will. How do you do that? Mm -hmm. Well, primarily, it's through Scripture. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. God's word. That's, someone said the Scripture is Jesus in print. He is the Word. Mm -hmm. The Word became flesh and lived for a while amongst mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. So as we get Scripture and we memorize it and take it in and we chew it and we meditate on it, we start to think along the lines of yes. Scripture. Mm -hmm. And then we start to think in line how God thinks. And we start to see things how he thinks. And then you can jo enjoy the kingdom of heaven much more. Yes. So we've always had a choice. We have a choice every day, don't we? Well, the psalmist says, let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart. He sees our every thought. So we have to learn to control our mm. thinking. Well, Not just what we see in our ears and what we let into ourselves, but how we think. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you do that? Well, so I, you probably guess I love scripture. Right. <laughs> so when you're in so, scripture, does it black? I noticed that too. I was telling John, what, when I start reading scripture, it's like other things get blacked out. Is, yeah. is that what you're saying? Well, see, I mean, scripture does many things. One yeah. of the things is it washes you. <clears throat> so, you, yeah. you know, you have your work, you've got to go to right. work and, yeah. and you've got to do things, but it, it makes you dirty. You haven't necessarily sinned, but yeah. you get you get way down with those right. things. Like, yeah. You come in and you want to wash your hands and sure. have a freshen up. That's what scripture does. It's the washing of water by the word. Yes. So as you as like you're, yeah. you're you know coming, get the word inside. I start off with the, with the word and and I memorize certain scriptures. And Gene and I talk about them before we start our day. Those scriptures, because there's power in God's mm -hmm. word and supernatural power mm -hmm. yeah. in the word of God. We don't realize it. It divides bone from marrow. It's incredibly powerful. And so get the word of God inside you. It's one of the things we should, you know, everybody, every Christian should be doing that, yeah. memorizing yeah. it. Don't just skim over it. Take time to learn it and go over it and repeat it and talk about it. Such power in that. Mm. And, of course, then we have the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, he empowers us. He, he takes God's word and reminds us of it. Right. He pours God's love in. We've got to have that motivation of love all the time. Yes. If we lose that motivation of love, we'll, we'll get into legalism and you know, we'll go off the rails. It's love for Jesus. Mm -hmm. Why am I doing this? Why am I laying my life down? Why am I going to keep loving my wife when she's hating me? Because I love Jesus. Uh, That's why. Mm. Yeah. Now, can you just transition a little bit, Gerard. Then how does that then grow into a global ministry? I mean, this what you went through, what you experienced, uh, the suffering, the loss, the epiphanies that you had in terms of the temporal and the eternal. How does that... How did God open these doors that literally are global in outreach and now then transition to here why you're in Cleveland today and what you're involved in on a national basis? Yeah. Well, the piece in between that was after eight years, our beautiful daughter died in a tragic accident in, in Lake Michigan and total brokenness again. Jeannie was going to take her life. She went up to Rebecca's room. She wasn't going to come out. As she went in through the door, God turned up and this incredible light filled the yeah. room. Wow. And uh, she just said the room filled with love wow. and joy. And she was aware of Alex and Rebecca behind her, but she was mm. so enamored with Jesus in front of her, she didn't need to look. Wow. She didn't wow. need to look. She came downstairs totally broken. We were both broken. So, okay, God, what do you want us to do? The Lord had said to her in the room, Jeannie, your, your grief is not your own. And that's that's why we started yeah. the Awakening to God Ministries, based oh. on Isaiah 61, 1 to 4. From her experience in the room. Yeah, and, and we were both broken. We were yeah. both, you know, it's, okay, God, we don't like this cup. It's a bitter cup, but what, what do you want to use it for? What Be was it, that scripture again? 
Um, which one? Uh, the one about your grief is not your own. Oh no, that was the words right. that God it, spoke to Jeannie directly. Yeah. Your yeah. your your grief is not your own, but it's tied into Second Second Corinthians one three and four. Mm-hmm. God was God had done something in us so that we can help other people, and so okay. that's what we started doing. The, the poor in India, uh, clean water wells over forty villages and over sixty villages now, um, and online. Last week, last year, we reached forty two million people online with messages of love and comfort. Wow! People are struggling with mental illness. Basically, every area that Satan attacked us in. We, we have come back. Whoa. And our goal is to reach 2 billion people. 1 billion for Alex, 1 billion for Rebecca. Wow. Oh, wow. That's I like that. Vision. Because God's in the business of turning around everything that Satan attacked us with into good. So we can go to... to yeah, God's sovereign over all things. But if he's permitted it, he's always permitted it for a greater eternal purpose. And so we can come to God and say, give me now justice against my adversary. Mm. I want to, we want to see your glory come out of this. That's what happened with Joseph with his brothers. Yes. Said to his brothers, Genesis 50, 20, you intended this for evil, God intended it for good. For good, to the saving of many lives. Saving of many lives. So anyway, so then we, we did that for seven years. We went back to the UK for a short time to look after our mums. They were getting old, dementia and things. And then in October, a, good, a mutual friend of ours called Fred, mm-hmm. Fred Corey, sent me this text. I got it early in the morning, like 5 a.m. in the morning. I don't even look at texts at those times. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it basically said, Gerard, do you want your name to go forward? I've been asked to recommend someone to be executive director of this ministry called Prayer at the Heart. And uh, it's all to do with a great awakening. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if Fred knew this, but for, since I had that awakening myself in 1980, I've always had a passion in my heart to see God turn up. In great power. Mm-hmm. When awakening comes, it's the presence of God comes. More God, than just a revival. Yeah. yeah. Revival is mainly of the church. Exactly. You say the church has been revived. Awakening is when the whole community. Exactly. Suddenly the presence of God comes and people in their homes or in their workplace or on the street, they suddenly become aware that they're not right with God. Yeah. And they want to, how do I get right with God? I've, I feel this dirtiness. I need to get right. Yeah. Have mercy, God. That's when people start crying. Have mercy. And so I said, well, God, if you can do this to me, you can do it for everyone. So I was desperate. So when it says a great awakening, I would have said no otherwise. I said, yeah, okay, put my name forward. Didn't think anything of it. Later that day, I get all, and Fred didn't know, that day they were having an executive meeting, a board meeting, to decide who to be executive director. Mm. So they look at my eight-minute video on our Awakening to God website, and they all start crying. These board guys are all still crying. And they all they get this download that I should be doing this job. So they come back to me. I got all these messages. At that stage, I thought, I better tell Jeannie about this. This is getting right, serious. Right. So, I, so I, I said, and she jumped at it, even though she, at the time she was having treatment for cancer. And you're in London at this We time. were down in the UK, back yeah. in the UK. She said, Joe, you, you have to say yes to this. This is you. This is, you. This is your heart. Mm. So we said yes. And so you can live wherever you want. Initially, we did think New York, but all the doors closed, and then we realized he was leading us here to Cleveland. Isn't that interesting? The center of a national prayer movement headed by Gerard and his wife, Jeannie, was going to be in New York, but the way God moved the furniture around, you're here in Cleveland. I think our listeners, I think... I think they should take note of that, because what is God doing in Cleveland? Right. Because many people thought... Uh, Cleveland is uniquely centered in some ways yeah. for outreach and for this prayer movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's, I, I always noticed, because I've been here several times yes. before, I've always noticed a, a great spirit of unity here. And this movement, mm. Prayer at the Heart, is the mission is to ignite a great awakening through a national movement of humble, unified, desperate prayer uh, and action. So across the church. And how it works, the strategy, if you like, is to get Christians from all backgrounds, 
all denominations, non-denominations, people groups, Gen Zs, Millennials, First Nations, all the ministries, everybody coming together outside the four walls of the building and letting people see what Jesus' love looks like, Mm -hmm. like they did in Luke 9 and Luke 10. Jesus gave us the blueprint. Go through the land, show them what the kingdom of God looks like. Heal the sick, cast out demons, do good to people, love on them. Let your light shine that they may see your good deeds, glorify your Father in heaven. Now, when they come back to Jesus in Luke 10, verse 18, he said, I saw Satan fall Mm. like lightning from the heavens. Now, question, what's causing all the terrible darkness and suffering in the world today? Where's our battle? It's not, it's not flesh and blood, is right. it? The Bible, yeah. the Bible says it. It's the forces of darkness where? In the heavens. Mm-hmm. How do you shift darkness? Through light. Right. And we have the light. So the, the, the whole strategy of this is get people outside. So last year they went to Lebanon and Kansas, the, mm. the center of the nation. This year we're going to every single state. And we're doing the same thing. And teams are going to journey from the outside of the state into the geographic center for a great time of celebration, repentance, prayer, testimonies. And as they journey in, they're going to stop in the highways and the byways and the towns and the villages to pray for people and to wow. love on them. And that might take three days. It might take a whole week. You can do it as long as you want. But showing people, it's prayer, intercession, and evangelism coming together. Amazing. Beautiful. So powerful. Next year, it's every county. Next year, after that, it's every city in the whole nation. And we believe God's going to co-labor with us in this. As, we, as the church comes together, John 17 my glory is given that they may be one, and then the world will know. So that's why the unity is so important. And you're seeing leaders from across the nation. Yeah. And this is early. I mean, it's early, early, early days. Yeah, but I've already seen tremendous, tremendous willingness of heart to link together. I think, I think because the church is desperate. Yeah. Christians are desperate. It's a desperate time, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's I'm so really, dark. Yeah. It's so. In fact, <clears throat> I, I, I was at a conference um, in, in Hollywood early in Jan- end of January and there was an academic there and he basically said, look, I got together with some of my colleagues, Christian brother, he said, and we studied empires since the beginning of humankind. Okay. On Earth. 26 empires has been. The, the Roman Empire, yeah. British Empire, Assyrian, all of those. Yeah. And there's certain measures you can use to see how that empire is doing. You know, financial, social, economic, moral is the probably the biggest one. Yes. And when those... Those empires go belong beyond a certain point on all of those measures. It's going to, it's about to collapse. Yes, right. Here's what he said. He said America's fallen below every one of them now. Yeah. There is no hope mm. without a great awakening. Wow. Isn't that isn't that? Yeah, a, yeah. You're going to have to bring that up. Isn't, more, that, isn't that a powerful yeah. powerful point? Oh yeah. All the all the all the benchmarks. All the benchmarks exactly. From moral yeah. to divorce. Yeah. Pornography. That's open it. borders. Yeah. Debt. All justice, the justice system, justice, all of that. Everything yeah. is imploding. Yes. And we're not, and as a nation, we're not yeah. aware of it because we're so, that's why the church yeah. and the, 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 the prayer at the heart ministry is blowing the bugle call and yes, saying, it. look, this is one thing that unites all Christians. Yes, it does. Baptists all yeah. across the world. Yes. We can pray yes. together. Can we not? Yeah, not, don't discuss the T's and the yeah, I's. Keep it simple. <laughs> yeah. It's all around the centrality of Jesus. Yeah. Because we can all agree on that. So what do you do then, Gerard? Uh, how do you, we got uh, 10 minutes about approximately to, to kind of summarize this. What do you do now in terms of uh, practical strategizing? Who do you want to meet? Who do, how do we, how do we, yeah. what do we do here in Cleveland? Because you've already said, there's a sense here, yeah. a cooperative, you've seen this before. Yes. Yes. People get along, they talk, the business community. You get, yes. 
Le Center. Yeah. That's just this yeah. over on the west side, 140 yeah. guys. But there's this this agitation yes. of the Holy Spirit, I believe, this fomenting yes. of something. What, yes. What's your sense? So, so my, my job at the moment... Um, my focus at the moment is getting state facilitators, people who will be the, the point person. Because you need someone who says, if, and then the second thing I do, I work with national leaders of denominations, non-denominations, ministries, and all of those groups, influencers, people who will say, hey guys, we've got to get behind this. Okay. So that I can then point them to the people at the state level. Get your people to link in with this individual, yeah, or team, and then we very quickly want to, want to form teams. And what do those t- teams do? They decide, when are we going to do our event? Okay, so, uh, when when we go across the nation and meet in as one, where's the geographic centre? That should be pretty easy. And how many route teams are we going to use to do that? Um, and that's that's pretty much it. That's what they have to decide. And and obviously there's organisation around that. We provide best practice guides to those teams. So people are listening in. Um, you can go to our uh, prayeratheheart.org site. You can see a little bit about it. This is in process. I mean, this is early days. We're going to do a drop down for every state. They can go onto the site and see, okay, Ohio, who's the person I'll contact? And the person for Ohio, hopefully tomorrow, I'll have the final decision. Is that right? Someone's just deciding now (laughs) whether they want to do it or not. And I try and tell them, look, all of us are thinking, I I don't know how to do this. You know, that's no bad place to be in. Yeah, right. But but God looking for willingness. Psalm 110 verse 3 is, in the day of my power, my people will be willing. Right. Are you are you, are you willing to say God whatever, whatever you want me to do, because the, the, in the past we've seen revivals awakening as they 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 go out. The way to keep it going is is sacrifice lives, living sacrifices. Who keep pouring, throwing themselves on the altar, yeah, yeah, yeah. and saying God use me. I don't care what you want me to do because we're seeing eternity. I'm not yes, living yeah. for down here. Right. I'll do whatever you want. Willing hearts. And that, that keeps the flow going. So, so that's what we're doing. We're, we're asking God. And typically when you get an awakening, you get 10 to 20% of the population come to faith mm. in Jesus. can be higher. We're asking just 10%. Someone said to me the other day, it's too low. It's too low. Mm. <laughs> 33 million people we want to come to faith in Jesus. 10% uh, of the American yeah, population. Yeah, 10%, 10%. That's right. And, and then the aftermath is going to be that at the heart of every Christian, the heart of every family, every business, Every church will be prayer, will be Jesus. Because really prayer is Jesus. It's when, you, when, you, when you, uh, you revere him and everything revolves around him and your conversation with him, you're talking to him. Prayer at the heart. And that will be the aftermath. And, and that Beautiful. We, we believe, yeah. we believe, I, well, I personally believe, I think we, do, we generally believe, this is the last ingathering of souls before Jesus comes back. And this is a, is it a two year plan? What do you have a parameters or no? Well, it's, it's the, the, this year, every state next year, every, every county. Oh, I see. Texas is doing count. I just heard yesterday they're doing counties and cities all in, in, in 20, that's Texas. Yeah, I know, 2023. I think most of them will do, <laughs> will do the counties next year. And then the cities the year after, but it could, who knows? It could be, you know, and then we hope it's I, I, on my desk at home, on my wall at home, I've got this picture of this massive tsunami wave about to break over a cornfield. And I and I that's how I visualize it, the wave being yeah. God's God's presence. I remember you mentioned that God's presence, and it's like a it, it's like a wave of God's love breaking over the nation. And I you know I would say that we're already starting to see early signs of the atmosphere changing, mm. people more willing to talk about Jesus. Yeah. Some of the things that happen in the commercial world, we're not getting into it all now, but there's things that are happening. Mm-hmm. You think, is it is it creating more freedom? 
Are we having more freedom? Mm. Are we having more more love, more forgiveness? All of those. Things? Are we starting to see the kingdom of heaven come? Right. Mm-hmm. And have a look. I, I think you can start to see some indications that the yeah. wave is coming. You yeah. see the wave building. <clears throat> I mean, there's a long way to go. Yeah, yeah. right. But the early but signs. there's early signs yeah. of God, God's presence. There's been massive prayer over the last few years in, 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 in America. Right. Intercession. All have been going on for a lot of it. And, I mean, what a privilege to be part yeah. of this. Well, thank you, Gerard. You and Jeannie. And, uh, <clears throat> again, any of our listeners that want to go, they can just check this out, www.prayeratheheart. Prayer at the heart. That's really kind of easy to remember that. And you're going to hear more about this in the days ahead. I'd like to do a follow-up show, yeah. God willing, in the summer <clears throat> when things start moving along. Yeah. I mean, you got a free yeah. pass here. You know. So how can people be a part of this ministry? Well, they, what are the ways they can do it? Yeah, so when, when we get the drop-down um, for Ohio, there'll be a person to contact. There'll be a contact details. Then the best thing you can do is to <clears throat> contact that person and say, I'm willing. I'm willing. I want to be okay. involved. How do I get involved? I want to get my church involved. Because on that time that we do it in Ohio, uh, we want to get hundreds, tens of thousands of people out, uh, going through the land, loving on people. Just imagine, just just imagine as we stop in a town, maybe it's Westlake or whatever, or, or it's downtown somewhere. We help the, the poor. We help the, the homeless. We help people struggling with mental illness. We show them what God's love is. Yeah. And then we point them to churches and to things like Alpha and other courses. Right. So we don't just leave them there. We care for them because God cares for them. Got it. And so as we go through, it's a sweeping of the land. Here's what Jesus uh, looks like. Here's what Jesus looks like. Terrific. The Lord. Yeah. Uh, thanks again, Gerard, for coming in. And, and let's... I can't have the director of Prayer of the Heart not close our program <laughs> yeah. in prayer. So if you would just close us in a, in a prayer. And I'd like to thank again the listeners. This is WNZN. We look forward to more shows like this. And uh, we're really coming to the stage. You're not just listeners, but I think there's going to be actively ways you can connect what God is doing in our nation today. So thanks again, yeah. Gerard. And yes. you just close yes. us. Yes. So, Father, we, we want to thank you once again for Jesus. Uh, we want to thank you for your great love for every single one of us, everyone who's listening in today. You, you, you see them. You know where they are. You know their pain. You know their struggle. You know the great plans you have for them. Lord, I pray you turn every one of our hearts closer to you. We turn to you, Lord, and we say we, we love you. We want to love you more. Reveal yourself to us. Come and fill us again. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who's here to empower us and to pour your love into our hearts. Would you do that, Lord? Even, even as people are listening now, they may feel the warmth of your love and they turn towards you and, uh, and fall in love with you more, Lord Jesus. So we pray all this in Jesus' name for his glory. It's all about his glory. Uh, and through his power, and through your word, your, your written word, Lord, we thank you for it. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, Amen. Thanks again, God bless you.